The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I'm Annette Comer, your host, and each week the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. Today's woman was born to teenage Hispanic parents. The home surroundings were humble and simple, and even though there sometimes was no running water, she never saw herself as poor. Instead, she watched her father work hard for the family and quickly learned that good things came from hard work. As she grew into a young woman, she became restless, as young people often do. She wanted to be on her own, to spread her wings. So at age 19, she left home determined to find her own way. A few years later, she became a businesswoman when she bought a franchise in the beauty industry. Then she bought a second and then a third. And as she got bolder and bolder in her vision, she created her own brand and began to expand it. Her path to greatness had begun. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Edna Posada. Hi, Edna. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Annette. It is great to be on here. It's really a pleasure, and I'm really excited to be on your program today. I'm thrilled to have you here. So let's dig right in. I have so many things I want to explore with you. When you left home at age 19, you described your departure as becoming an adult orphan. What did you mean by this, and how did this shape your journey toward success? You know, that's a great question, uh, um, one that is very personal, but to be honest with you, that's exactly, I think, what shaped a lot in my life for me. And what I mean by being an adult orphan is that, you know, I was raised by very traditional Latino parents. So when I got married, they did not approve of the person that I married. And so they basically cut me off from the family. And they, um, since I'm the eldest of five, they also disallowed my siblings to speak to me. So, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where you just have to get strong and you get tough. I think you learn to build other relationships that, albeit they may not be blood relatives, there are people that believe in you and they cheer for you. Yeah, and that's so important as you're going along your journey, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It, it really is. Now, I'm, I'm going to get stay in that personal space just a okay. little bit. Sure. Right, so, Edna, you are a strikingly beautiful Hispanic woman, but you told me that you realized early on that you couldn't build your self-worth on your looks. So my question to you is, what have you built your self-worth on, and what advice would you give other women regarding their looks versus their self-worth? Oh, well, that's, that's, a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> maybe, okay, what I'm going to do, let, let me address maybe the, the first part, because I, I feel like I want to be real clear on that. To me, I think that you have to have self-confidence. And really, it's that. Because, and, I, and I think my whole viewpoint on looks, it's really frustrating because, you know, just because a person is tall doesn't mean that they're not smart. And so too many times, I think people equate looks with no brains. And I'm going to tell you a really quick story. Um, when I was in the banking industry, and now I'm going to date myself, right? But um, I was an ATM girl because the ATMs had just launched. I remember they, the, the bank had us wear these cute t-shirts. We were showing people how to use an ATM. And I remember this woman who was an executive for another company that was in the bank building. And as she walked by, she just looked at me and she whispered, but whispered loud enough 
must be nice to be all beauty and no brains. And I thought, oh my gosh, how rude. And she obviously, she doesn't know me, but you know, I had graduated salutatorian of my high school class. And then I had graduated with a degree in computer programming with a perfect 4.0. So I thought, you know, that that's just terrible. And I think that's why then you really have to just rely on education to give you that confidence that you can project. And it doesn't matter what people say. Excellent. And then within the second part of your question, Mm -hmm. I gotta say, I'm not gonna let you get away from that one. All right, go go ahead. Ask me again. (laughs) So that second part is what advice would you give to other women regarding their looks versus self-worth? Because that is a struggle, whether you're really attractive or not attractive. Not attractive. It's a double-edged sword on each side, isn't it? I would agree with that statement, you know, but I think again it goes back to that self-confidence and whatever it is that you need to do to get that self-confidence. So if you're um, attractive or it doesn't matter, number one, like I always say, it's got to be about the education, the knowledge that you build to give you that confidence. And then if you're not quite so confident in your looks, because that, that really, you know, the unfortunate part is in our society, we are, and really as women, I think more so than men, but we are judged on our looks. And so, you know, that's when I tell women, you know, go to somebody who does professional makeup, go to someone who does great hairstyles, because maybe what you've been doing is not the most flattering for you. And that doesn't make you unattractive, but maybe it just could help you look more polished. And that way, then that confidence level goes up. And you carry yourself differently. When you're confident, I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. You know, it's like my sister used to say, yeah, I confidently go in the wrong direction. But, you know, it's, it's that. Confidence is key. Honestly, I really believe that. Yeah, and I have to agree with you. I think when you are not confident... Uh, You may think that you're uh, pulling it off, but people can smell it a mile away, can't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they really can. So you have built a brand called Spa Posada, which is an upscale spa retail concept. So what was your main motivation for developing your own brand as opposed to just staying within the franchise system that you had purchased into? Then the second part of that is from what you share in the first part, what would you say to other women who are thinking of developing their own brand? Because other women have that idea, yeah. but maybe don't have the courage to do it or don't know how to do it. Well, you like to ask two-part questions, I right? I know, because you've got so much knowledge and depth, I'm just going to milk it out of you. So. Uh, well, I think that in today's world, even more so than before. I mean, I think it's always been important to have your own brand, but now with social media, it's really crucial because it doesn't matter what you do. People um, using social media and creating your brand is crucial, in my opinion, to the success of whatever it is you decide to do. And even your own personal life, going back to that first question that you asked, you know, what made me decide to really brand myself. It was was kind of twofold. Number one, I kept listening to my customers because, you know, I think we can have an idea of what we want to do, but ultimately, and, and especially when you have a business, you know, without customers, we don't have anything. So I kept listening to the customers and they kept 
asking me, or they actually they would tell me, why don't you do nails? Why don't you do uh, hair? Why don't you do, because after I leave here, that's what I'm going to go do. And, you know, and I kept hearing that and I thought, yeah, why don't I do that here? We added some services, but I didn't really create the brand. I still kept it under the umbrella of the franchise. It wasn't until I, during a very challenging time with the franchise that I decided, you know what? I need to become a better business person because I think it was so safe to stay in the franchise program. And I kept looking at it as, you know what, they owe me because I've been their franchisee for 15 years. I'm part of the family. How dare they do this to me and not accept what I was wanting to do? And that's when I decided, you know, I mean, I went through a, a grieving period, you know, where I cried. I was depressed because I, I thought, you know, it was like a, I don't know. Like, like a betrayal almost felt like, didn't it? You know, honestly, in it, you that's exactly how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. I felt so betrayed because I thought, oh my gosh, I've done so much for this company. And they just didn't understand what I was trying to do. And they weren't being supportive of me after all of those years. But you know, like all great, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that, that out of some of our biggest challenges come our biggest successes. And had that not happened to me, I may not have grown into the business person that, that I am now. And that's why I think it's so important to create your own brand because then now I became my own person versus just... And there's nothing wrong with being a franchisee because I'm very thankful that that's where I really learned so much about business. But you can even be more than that or in addition to that, which is what I've done. And you've done it brilliantly. You really have. Thank you. (laughs) I really agree in this. And it says sometimes our lives have to be completely shaken up to reposition us in the place that we're meant to be. Mm. Mm. And, And that happened at that time for me. And I see it happening now, honestly, again, with the pandemic, because you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable so that you can be in the place that you're meant to be. And that is so beautifully said, because we often run from that uncomfortableness. And if we can reframe that and realize that that is the only the sign that you're getting ready to move on to something even better. Yes, you are bigger Bigger. and and probably more satisfying, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's easy for us to get comfortable, isn't it? It's not easy for those that are driven to get comfortable because they get real restless. Yes. And um, they don't know exactly why they're restless. And I know that many people like you that are so driven and so talented and so gifted are feeling that restlessness in this pandemic because it is pushing that comfort level, isn't it? Exactly. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. So you have experienced other women being jealous of your success, especially women from your community that look like you. So how did you choose to deal with such jealousy so it didn't derail you emotionally? I have lived by the, that phrase that comparison is the thief of joy. 
And I felt that while maybe some of these women didn't know me, in my mind, this is how I chose to take it. They were comparing themselves to me, not realizing what my story is and what my reality is. And so on the surface, somebody may look one way, but you don't really know all the behind the scenes stuff Mm -hmm. that's going on. And um, the way to me, I I really, again, I took a good look at, okay, who are my customers and who are the ones that are being supportive of me? And generally speaking, I can tell you that it was um, older white women that just really embraced me and were so proud of me. And almost um, in my mind, they treated me like a daughter. So that was just so comforting. And I built these relationships with these women that, um, quite frankly, were my biggest cheerleaders. And because of that, it just really pushed me to continue going ahead. And then I think one of the things that for me, you know, to overcome maybe some of this other jealousy is to maybe, not to maybe, this is what I did. I shared a little bit more about me personally so that they could get to know me and know all of the struggles that I have gone through and know my reality. And it's almost like once they heard that and they got to know me, they're like, oh, she's just one of us. She's just like us. She's, she's, she doesn't have this perfect life. Believe me, my life was far from perfect. And, and I think that that really helped, to be honest with you. It was just sharing more of myself, which then kind of goes a little bit back to that branding question that you had asked me. And, and that's something that you can do very effectively on social media so that people get to know all about you. And it doesn't necessarily mean what you had for breakfast. Oh, no, exactly. But, but yeah. and there's where there's yeah. where people get kind of off track with that. They think sharing yeah. means these intimate details of their daily life. Oh no! But it and, and it means it, how they what how they roll how they exactly and how it, they think what's fun for them what's and you know and I think that it's that still that it's curated. I mean, what I share is curated. You know, I don't. I'm still kind of old school in that I believe there's some things that are personal. And not the whole world doesn't need to know. But then there are other things that I really, if I feel that it's a good way for people to get to know me, know a little bit. And like you were saying, you know, what excites me? What drives me? What is it that, you know, what is it that I'm working on? How am I getting there? I think that because I want to be able to empower, continue to empower women because I've been empowering women. I've been now (laughs) at this age, you know, now I'm uh, considered a mentor and my daughter likes to laugh about that. She's like, Oh mom, you know, these girls will post pictures that they posted with you with the, the the original boss babe. And I'm like, Oh my God, that means I'm a dinosaur. Right. (laughs) But, but you know, it, it puts us in a wonderful place to mentor so many other uh, young people because I mentor young men as well. Yeah, yeah. And I applaud you for doing that because they need role models Absolutely. To, to find the way. And we were so thankful for the ones we've had along the way, for sure. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I'm going to roll back to something you said at the beginning, because many have underestimated you through the years. And you have heard comments like what you said before, it must be nice to be all beauty and brains. 
comments that certainly and no hurt. Brain. No and brains. no brains. Yeah, no brains. Right. Excuse me. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> Beauty and no brains. So, yeah. and, and those kind of comments hurt. Now, even if we don't show it, they do hurt. But you have tended to deflect these and not own them, but instead drive forward to create your own definition of, of success. And we talked about that a little bit. So what has been your secret to being able to do this and not let it get in your head and whirl around and take up space? Um, I don't even know how to answer that, but I guess I feel that, again, I feel very confident in my knowledge, um, in my education, and um, I know that not everybody's going to like me, and I'm okay with that. You know, somebody uh, actually a couple of days ago just posted, hey, you're not nachos, so not everybody's going to like you, right? And I've heard you're not pizza, you're not all of these great things, you're not avocado. But, you know, I think we have to be okay with that, that not everybody's going to like you. And maybe it stems in it, and it's actually just coming to me right now as you're asking me this question on that, okay? Maybe it also comes for me, for me, I'm sorry, because if my parents who are the people that are supposed to love you unconditionally were so quick to cut me off. Who are these other people that I, I mean, they shouldn't matter to me. You know, honestly, I am not going to lose any sleep. So, and mind you, I've reconciled some of those um, relationships with my family already. Now it took 20 years, but we're finally at some point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, but I think, you know, If I can um, say anything, look, I didn't die from that. Was it painful? Yes. I went through a divorce also. Did I die from that? No. Was it painful? Yes. But you you can get ahead. And that doesn't define you as a person and who you are and what you're about. That's just something that happened to you. And so if you don't give so much importance to what other people think and stay, stay, focused on your journey. And I think that that's my thing. It's, it's, and I'm very focused to begin with my team members uh, laugh because we can be in a room and, you know, if I know that I'm doing something, everybody can be talking and, you know, they, sometimes they'll even ask me questions. I don't even realize that they're talking to me. And I finally hear Edna, Edna, because I'm extremely focused. And so for me, tuning out all of that noise just helps me stay on track of where I want to go. Oh, and that, you brought up two brilliant points. And I didn't even didn't even ask you to go there. You just went there naturally. Sorry, it's because I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. And and I want to circle back to a couple of points that you've made and make sure that those listening and watching really, really get this. Okay. And that is to let go of worrying about people liking you. Yes. But I will add to that that people like to be around people that are likable. Absolutely. So, so don't get caught up and worrying about right. if everybody likes you, but do be careful that you do come across as likable. Uh, and, and women sometimes struggle with that distinction because nobody wants to be around you if you're called the B word. Exactly. And, and it's really sad, you know, um, because, it, but you're absolutely right. And that's why to me, and it's probably because I was raised in such humble surroundings. So I'm the type of person, and several people have brought this to my attention, that you know I can be walking by, and if there's uh, a gardener, I always like, "Good morning, how are you?" Um, it could be the cleaning crew at you know someplace, and it's always, "Hi, how are you?" and "Thank you for the work that you're doing. That looks amazing." I think that in 
one of the things that has really helped me is that I've never forgotten where I came from. And I have never put myself in a position where I think I'm better than other people because I'm not. We're all created equal. And I think treating people with uh, respect and dignity and caring and kindness, those go hand in hand also with that likability. And that helps with your success overall. And 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 it's a great attributes of a strong leader. Yes. To be confident in yourself that you can show those types of kindness and attributes to others. Mm-hmm. And then one other thing I wanted that you said here in, in, that, in that question answer was talking about your ability to focus. And I, I'd like just to explore that just for a second, a little bit deeper. For myself, focus is something that I have developed. It's not something that came naturally to me. I've developed it just like I do with another, with anything else. I, and I'm like you, when I get focused, I can block out everything around me. So what would you say? Was there something in particular you did? Was it, was it out of necessity to try to keep the business going with the children? What, what was it maybe? Yeah, nobody's ever asked me that. They just make fun of me for it, right? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a positive thing, so. <laughs> um, I think you bring up a valid point. It, it might have been out of necessity because to me, if... I need to finish what I start because you can start a bunch of things, but if you don't finish, you know, you're not, you're not going to get that end result. And so for me, you know, I'm a notorious list maker and, and my daughter makes fun of me, you know, because my daughter is my business partner now. And she's like, Oh yeah, mom has lists for her lists, but it, it just really helps to keep me focused. And, and I'm able to, finish everything. Because if not, then sometimes when I try not to do the list, because I think, okay, surely I can wing that. Then I circle back and I'm like, oh my God, I never finished that. So I think you're right. You know, part of it is out of necessity. Um, If you're going to be successful in business, um, you know, really as, as I'm thinking about it, if you think about when you're cooking or baking, I mean, you have to follow certain steps and you have a list of ingredients. You don't just kind of start and say, okay, well, I mean, unless you have a completely filled up kitchen with every ingredient possible, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to, to get that end result. So I think it was just out of necessity, making sure that I stayed on task and finished so that I could accomplish what I set out to accomplish. Oh, brilliantly said. And, and I'm going to take that and lead into our last question in that, you know, through the years of building your business, certainly there were plenty of struggles. And for, for many years there, you were a single mom with two children that you were doing a lot of the raising of those children for sure. Yes. Yes. So what advice would you give to other women that are watching and listening to this about juggling being a mother and being a businesswoman at the same time? What was your secret equation? Um, I included my children in a lot of the business. So if I had, you know, back then when we had events, I would take them with me. I always, you know, at the dinner table, we would talk about and I would explain, you know, uh, what happened with mommy today. And it wasn't necessarily every day, but I really um, focused on that to make sure that they were included in my life. And so they could understand why I worked so much. And I think the other thing, and and I've told several people this, I'm a perfectionist by nature. And 
I realized early on during that time when I got a divorce and I had my kids and I was trying to do all of that for a while there, I was having fainting spells because I, and then they thought I had a brain tumor. Well, no, it was none of that. It was just stress. And because of my perfectionist um, attitude and nature, I was making life very difficult for myself. So the one thing that I can say now is, and that I adopted is sometimes good is good enough. So, you know, if I left the house without making the bed, if the dishes stayed in the sink that morning, because I'm a superb meat freak, you know what? That's okay. And if that night I couldn't make dinner or, or didn't have time to pack a lunch, guess what? We're going to pick up something. And I think be kind to yourself. And sometimes good is good enough. Yeah. And I hope everybody's hearing that because... <laughs> I suspect some of the people listening to that recognize themselves in that comment for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? You know, the other day I was on LinkedIn and Forbes had a, um, a little quote from, a, from another entrepreneur. I'm going to read it to you. Because I, I feel that this describes me to a T, that I had no special dream at the time, only the ambition not to accept my initial destiny. And I thought, my gosh, you know, because I, I'm not a dreamer, I'm more of a doer, but I knew that, that I didn't want to necessarily uh, live a life that people thought that I should have been destined for, that I was the driver of my destination, of my journey. And so I could go wherever I wanted to. And so now just because I think having both and balancing that, if you can be a dreamer and a doer, oh, you can you can do anything. Whereas if you're just a busy worker bee, you know, you can accomplish things, but you might not get to the level that you're destined to go. Yeah, I would close it with that. And I love that. I love that. Uh, thank you so much, Edna, for being here with me today. Thank you for sharing all your wisdom that uh, brings so much value to those listening. And Edna is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman's story unfolds. 